0: Welcome back to podcast eight of two thousand and twenty-three. I'm your host, Kiev o'neill You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev, follow us at the Eyesbreakers, and follow us on social media slash the Eyesbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality Bets, please visit Shot Quality and use the promo code ODDS23, get a new perspective in betting college basketball. If you'd like to support and benefit from the Odds Breakers and our plays, please visit the oddsbreakers.com, click shop and become a member, pick any of our premium campers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You do you can also support us on Patreon.com. and if nothing else, please visit the oddsbreakers become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber we have a great show for you today huge weekend of football with the conference championship games going on and we're bringing on chicago radio legend mike north to talk about those games and break it down also going to talk a little bit about the chicagoland sports obviously he's very attuned to that he tweets about it a lot he lives and breathes Chicago sports. Can't wait to talk to Mike. And then after that, we are bringing back Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets to talk about all the big basketball games going on this weekend, as well as our Buy Low and Sell High segment. Can't wait for that. Before we get into the show, I want to mention that we are always looking for passionate people and talented people. If you would like to get your career going in the sports betting industry, we would love to hear from you. Little experience is required. Uh, in most cases, maybe not. So if you are interested in monetizing with The Odds Breakers and get your name out there, please feel free to contact us on Twitter or at info at I also want to talk a little bit about our premium packages, any package bought here on through March Madness will get a free golf polo shirt. That means you can show off to your friends on the golf course or maybe in church or out to dinner with your wife exactly how much of a degenerate you truly are. And of course, you would be helping us out as well. If you can, please leave a five-star or write a review on your podcast platform. We'd also appreciate that. They are very algorithm-driven. So any support that you can give us at theoddsbreakers.com from you wonderful listeners is truly appreciated. We would not be anywhere without you guys. Huge thanks for the support in our seventh season into 2023. Now, without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Mike North from ESPN 1000 and The Odds Couple. Now, I'm very excited to welcome back the legendary Mike North from The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. You can follow Mike on Twitter at North, number two, North. Mike, thanks so much for coming back on The Odds Breakers, my man. What's going on in the Chicagoland area?
1: Every time the phone rang, every time the doorbell rang, if there was a plane overhead, I'd go, Zekiev, is he going to ask me to come on again? Please, dear Lord, please show me a sign. Right. You would right not have to run inside. It's great to be on with you, buddy. Good time of year, NFL playoffs. Handicappers like us, a small community of people that pretend they like each other and pretend they root for each other. But they always root for each other. But we always want to be the number one person, don't we, Jeff? Oh. We want everybody to do well, but we want to kick some butt. And we're here to do that today, my friend. Well, you know, it
0: was always against the books. Then the books got keen and decided to throw contests out. Then when they put us against each other like that, those those jerks, can't believe they did that, Mike. <laughs> hey,
1: my, I was in the contest at Circa. I got my brain speed in, but I just want to say Matt Eumanns and Derek Stevens, those guys there, top shelf, they got me in for the football pool and, uh, You know, it was uh, a free of charge and there was big prize money. I think 15 grand for first place. I think uh, the bear won from ESPN. I want to congratulate uh, Chris and, uh, you know, handicappers really, we are a small community people uh, and it's a community just like a city. There's great handicappers. There's very good handicappers. There's bad handicappers. There's BS artists. There's guys that will lie about the record. There's guys that are straight up about the record. I always found being on The Odds Couple when when I helped create that show on ESPN 1000 with Carmen DeFalcom. every week we give out what the records are. Mm-hmm. So you hear it. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know what? It's good to see people's tickets. You know, this is a ticket. You know, you'll see a guy's ticket, and he'll say, I won this bet. And then you'll keep him in the top of your mind, and you don't see him for a month, mm-hmm. you know? And then here comes the win. So that means what was he doing the other three weeks? So if I lose, I say so. If I win, I say so. And I'll I'll say this uh, uh, playoffs, four years, we've been 60%. I'm four and three in this year's playoffs, three and one the first week, one and two the second week. But here's the key I decided to go units uh, for the playoffs, hot dogs, if you will. Uh, So I'm up. Four units, but yet I'm four and three. How? Because I hit two units on Philadelphia last week, uh, two units on another team, and then one on another, and the rest are are, are that way. So you could go four and three, but if you – what drives me nuts is when I go one and two, and they say, oh, you went one and two. But the one was my big play. So it don't matter if you go one and two. If you bet a nickel on Philadelphia and you bet a 100 – on the other two games, you walk away. It's and uh, it's, it's about a, money management. That's it.
0: It's called the Kelly criterion and that's how we do yep. it. we'll we stars and units. And uh that's depends upon that's your unit size, could be ten bucks, could be a hundred, could be a yeah. thousand, could be ten thousand. We don't care because we don't right. uh judge people. As long as know? we
1: give out the right amount of units we think will benefit the people that are are following us listening to us and ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you're talking about gambling Twitter which is undefeated, Mike. Uh gambling Twitter. So many people out there. Uh yeah, I think people that have listened to this show long enough know to ignore a lot of that noise and uh, you know it, it's just funny people don't want to talk about their losses and uh they don't want to be honest. What drives me nuts is if they're not transparent. And they yes. are selling plays. That's that's the bad part the and the ugly part of the business, you know.
1: Yeah, the reason we're going into our fifth year yeah. with the odd couples, we're transparent. Yeah. Very- and uh, it's not easy to go on the radio or do a podcast and say you're good at something when you had a bad week. You know, if you went, I mean, I've had to go on and say I was one in four this week. It happens to everybody the illusion has hurt the overall gambler. Chicago, Illinois just took in a billion dollars last month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That means there's people getting their brains beat in that never gambled before. They're using their credit cards. They're being overextended. Uh, The refrigerator they were supposed to buy the, the second car for Johnny uh, might be out the window because you bet the Baltimore Ravens, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, I think more than ever, the great handicappers, and there's plenty of them. I just named a few, including yourself, are the guys that have to not only stress this is a, this is going to win, but money management. I think people have gotten carried away with what they're going to bet. You Absolutely. know, first year bettors betting 500 bucks a game. You know, that's not good. You know, but it's another way of people not working right now. They think they can get ahead of the man. And that's very hard to do. No, it's extremely hard to do. And, and you can
0: count on two hands pe- oh. people that in Vegas that actually uh, are professional bettors that yep. don't have other things going on, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, serious. It's not like a the, common thing.
1: I'd say it's 3 or 4% if we're, if we're around hey, Well, that. those
0: people also have other things going on, whether it be rental oh, properties sure or, or stuff like that. There's no... Very few, very few people that only rely on that. And that's got to be, and that's a very stressful life. I know a few of them myself. Let's talk a little baseball, Mike, because you know what? We got to think of spring. It's cold right now, but you know, it, it warms our bodies to think a little baseball. So I want to talk little cubbies. And, wanna, you know, I mean, bad year last year. It was kind of expected. I know some people uh, were lukewarm on them. But, you know, they had to dump a lot of contracts and dump a lot of old money. There's always fights about that constantly from the fans. i am always been a person that says, you know, blow it up before you rebuild it. But my, now, you know, it, it looks like they're moving towards the top and they're spending. I thought they had a decent offseason. They didn't fall well, for that Correa stuff. Uh, sure. We'll see what happens with the Twins. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see your thoughts if they're going to be competitive.
1: Oh, they could win the wild card. Yeah, That division is for, is winnable. You pick up Dabney Swanson, okay? I didn't really care if they picked him up because I love Nico Horner at shortstop. But other people say he's going to be a better second baseman. That's fine with me. I saw Sandberg move from third base to second base. Yeah, we still know, have and become, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and become an all-star. And we still got him. So you got Swanson, uh, and, and then you got Nico, okay? They pick up uh, Mancini okay, who's a good player, uh, no doubt about it, and uh, I think he makes contact. They picked up Bellinger. Come on. Okay, make $17 but he's a gold glover. What they have and what they're trying to do, they're going to have five gold glovers in the lineup this year, which is great. They're trying to shore that up. They've picked up some pitching. The only negative I have, is I thought they should have kept Contreras, I said that last year, and Hap. They've kept Hap. they got rid of Contreras, and they tried to do what the White Sox always do, run down the guy they got rid of, and then praise a guy like Grandel, who walks in who can't catch dead, and has cost them $77 million. Uh Contreras should have stayed. He didn't. That was the one mistake I think they're going to look for. They got Jan Gomes. But Contreras, the embarrassment was the Cardinals picked him up. And when your arch rival picks up a catcher after you said, you know he could—he's he, not that good a handler of pitchers. If the Cardinals pick him up, that's all BS. They just didn't think he was going to be their guy, so they're going in another direction. They're improving their defense catching, but their hitting's going to be lacking in that position. Well, who, who's his agent again? It's probably Scott. I don't know. It might be Scott. I, I
0: think. I think it is. I have to recheck that. But I think a lot of times he, when when players, you know. They, they want to get paid by their own team. There's a lot of ill
1: will with what's been going on. So they will. Oh, there's no doubt there was some ill will because they kept saying he was going to be traded. And I said, if you trade him now, you're nuts. And I had the over Cubs 74. That looked dead the third month. They challenged it. Yeah, they did. They challenged it. So they've had a better off season than the South side. They've had a disaster. They had this guy, Clevenger, who's now got some issues. Oh, wow, yeah. Domestic mm-hmm. issues. What? They don't do their homework. This is this has been a problem before. You get rid of a Jose Abreu. After you said you've been rebuilding for five years, you get rid of a 300 hitter. Now you picked up Ben Attendee, okay? But to lose Abreu, they asked Eloy Jimenez the other day. He's making $75 million. He goes, I'm going to try to play right. They got a brand-new manager in Guilfoyle. Who's never managed a day in his life? Who's a baseball lifer? It just seems like it's a third place disaster to me. And Eloy Jimenez, they asked him, "Who's going to be the leader of the club?" Now, this is a guy making seventy-five million bucks. He goes, "I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> what? Wrong answer. <laughs> what happened to? I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to fill. I'm going to be a silent assassin. I'm going to. Somebody will step up. I don't know. Well, the Cubs, That's what I'm hearing. The think well, the Cubs, I think gave the Cubs had in. a great great season. I think they had a great off season.
0: Yeah, they, they, I thought they did. And the, yeah. the question is the farm system, can they get the bats together? They got the defense now. But this is a sports betting show, so my thoughts are they stepped up pretty well. And yeah. if we can just get a little bit of lucky from some of those top guys in the farm system, maybe they can put up some runs. And I think... If there is a division... Well, I guess the White Sox division is not good. But if there's another no, division... No, you got
1: Cleveland and Korea. I never wanted them. White Sox fans want everybody. I didn't want them. Mm. What's going on? He didn't pass the physical. He did pass the physical. He's going to play for this team. Now I'm going over that team. I'm going to play for the Giants. I don't want a guy like that on my team. Go stay with Minnesota. You were with them last year, and what did they do? Nothing. So... um, that's one thing I'm glad about, that he didn't come to either side of town. But uh, the Cubs seem to – Jed Hoyer seems to be on a mission, while Kenny Williams and the lifers that uh, bragged about their rebuild four years ago, that's over with.
0: Yeah, Braves has gone. Mean, they, yeah, they,
1: yeah, the Sox are in yeah, – It's over with
0: already. It, 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 sadly, and this whole Clevenger thing was, supposed, was probably a little bit
1: more of pulling wool over the eyes.
0: And you got oh, the White yeah, Sox.
1: He's a middle-of-the-road guy, and he was Trevor Bauer's best friend, by the way. How's that for everybody? Okay. <laughs> Who's I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, this is Mike. How you doing? I was Charles Manson's roommate at, in college. We're, no, we're you're buddies. not picking me up. You're not picking me up. Why well, had Charles Manson going to college? Forget about it. But that's all I'm saying. I mean, come on. You know, it's it's a sad thing.
0: And and it's weird to see the White Sox priced at plus 180 to win their division. And the Cubs are at
1: plus 650
0: to win the NL Central. I think that's decent. 6.5 to 1.
1: That's not bad. Well, first of all, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Pirates, and the Brewers. Those are winnable games. Those Mm -hmm. are winnable. You can beat those teams. They did last year in a lot of games. I think David Ross showed so much improvement from the year before to now and i think it helped that he got rid of all the dead weight the rizzles the the hobbies the chris bryants as we find out now what a lackadaisical <laughs> uh, disappointment chris bryant turned out to be sad. i mean it's
0: very sad it,
1: it is absolutely pathetic that this guy was heralded like he was they did get the one i'm giving them credit for that but I remember Chris Bryant a, 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 a later on as a malinger, as a guy that didn't always want to play, always dinged up, didn't want to go at 90%. So I'm glad those guys are gone. Bayer signing with Detroit? Are you kidding me? I mean, if that's... One of the
0: worst contract, one of the worst contracts out there. No, there's
1: no, you know, and, and it was tough for Jet Hoyer to make those decisions
0: because you got the Chicago media just screaming at him to sign these players and all the fans. It's it's like they made the smart, tough decision to get rid of these guys that never matured. It's it's weird to see all of them not mature. The only one that really kind of did was Wilson, you know, and, yeah. and and but you know, there's so much well, ill will. They they, they, the probably, they
1: probably
0: they probably want more money from the Cubs than. I don't know if the Cardinals, uh, yeah, and, and that's how it is. You, you have ill will yeah. with the team. You want more, and that's why you leave. And, yeah, sure, he went to the Cardinals. It sucks. But at least he was part of our championship team. And, that's right. You know, baseball, we move hey, we on. We did
1: get one. But, but Brian to me, is the guy that the media just kissed his ever-loving ass, and he never became. I mean, he was compared to Bryce Harper. Yeah. Him and Bryce Harper were buddies. Mm-hmm. They came out. They, they were all tied to uh, draft picks. So you're thinking, wow. You're not thinking, you know, he's gone in four years. He's injury prone. He's with San Francisco now. He's with this team now. Uh, You know, uh, he's in Colorado and doesn't hit a homer in the first half. (laughs) In Colorado. In Colorado.
0: I I know that ballpark is the easiest. In
1: Colorado. I have have no excuse for him.
0: It was another terrible contract. You know, Um, I I guess Schwarber kind of turned out a little bit. But here's the thing. If you blow it up, you blow it up right. And and the Cubs did the right thing. I like the 6.5 to 1, I think. I'm gonna just I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper, but I bet you that thing closes at three point five to one or four to one before the season. So I see some value right now on the Cubs to win the uh NL Central.
1: Yeah. As yeah. soon as spring training hits, you you better have your bet in before spring training yeah, hits. Totally agree. Because but, you're right. They will go down today. The, I the one the one four that will be it.
0: Yep, totally agree. Let's move on to the Bears a little bit before we get into the championship games here. Uh, So what should they do with the first pick of the draft? I know you and I talked a little bit about this on Twitter. I think we both agree, but uh, our Bears, uh, I I sent out a tweet yesterday showing how bad their defense was the last nine weeks. It was so off the damn charts that it moved the square all the way up to the right. (laughs) It was just, I mean, I will say that the Bears did have a little bit tougher for strength of schedule in the second half, but that was just pathetic. But, you know, I'm going to get your take, and then I'm going to tell everyone
1: mine. I think it was a debacle. I think it started out well. I didn't like the decision of letting a kid named Justin Field bust his tail try to win every game that he was in, change the fabric of the team to a little bit more tough. And I'm not a fields guy, but he's our guy now. And I saw him almost kill himself. So Bear fans who had the opportunity to finally be right say, and when I say that, they're usually wrong, whether it's Cutler, whether it's, this guy, Curtis Enos, I've been wrong about Bear players, you know, Foles, all these quarterbacks that were supposed to get it done, never got it done. But I heard Bear fans say Fields is going to be a Hall of Famer someday. <laughs> and I'm just like, I put my head in my hands. I look at Twitter. I look at social media. He's lost nine in a row. He's five and 22. He's got like 45 turnovers in a the- matter of years or 29 and like 20 games, something like that. His record is five. He had six games in the last nine games where he could have tied or won the game on the last possession. And you always see it with every quarterback, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't get that last drive. Uh, The Washington game when he overthrew the receiver should have won that game right there. That's one of them. And there was others. You look at the scores. They were close. So they pick up Claypool for what? A second rounder, a wide receiver could have, have been a first rounder. Out? Now, It's a thirty second pick, I think. Right, it became... a thirty second. That's a bad move by Poles. Receivers are a dime a dozen. You can find them, and, and, and you know, you look at every school. Usually, their best players are their wide receivers. For God's sake, or their running backs, or maybe a well, a I,
0: he did it to block the Packers. Let's face it. I think that was part of it. I knew that he first, wa- he wanted analogy. he wanted he wanted a receiver, but he thought he would get some uh, love from chicago for doing that and i think he kind of did for a while i'm not going to i'm not going to really i liked what i saw from fields i don't like the fact that he can't ever after the first read it really goes to hell and he all dying to the ball too long. <laughs> well he, with that offensive line and so I, I
1: know Chase Claypool. Yeah, but he, took a, he would take sacks with five seconds after five, 1,000. Right, this ain't Ohio call. State.
0: This is not Ohio State's offensive line. And you yeah, know what
1: right, he did yeah. give? He ran to the sidelines the last game, or the game that he was in, ran to the sidelines, Claypool's waiting for him, and he takes the sack. It's just football sense that he's got to get better at. He should have gone and played that last game because he would have broken the record, and they would have taken his cleats, his jersey, his helmet, and, and put him in the Hall of Fame, like people predicted. But you know what the Bears said? Oh, no, we can't play him the last game. <laughs> how, do you, how do you play him all these games, and then he's got a chance, and the fans got a chance to root for something, and you sit him? and you sit them, you could have gotten 37 yards rushing, and then take him off the field. Well, because Cut the Bears don't play for
0: that, they're playing for the first pick of the draft, and they got it because of the <laughs> Houston screw-up.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. He lost nine games in a row running his ass off, so I wasn't worried about them winning. I was worried about him finally getting a little payback for, for making the coaches look a lot better than they are.
0: Oh, they made the what GM look a lot better, too. Well, th- this Bears, th- there was a bunch of guys that would be on practice squads, if that, starting for the Bears this year. So I, I'm not going to give a a ton of fault yet to Fields. I like some of the things I see. I'm hoping he's on a Jalen Hurts path. I mean, that's the best hope. Saying I don't listen to fans calling Hall of Fame. They, they, It's just stupid, you know. But my thoughts are, for the first pick of the draft, Mike they got to trade down you have to you know there's no player worth what you can get in draft pickle by moving down to the three the four or shit the 15th you know uh, it just depends upon what you're going to get this year with Bryce Young sitting there a lot of people have him as a must you know top guy you know uh, above Stroud and that's how like, we're 11 100 and nothing come on yeah. well, well here's the thing I, I don't care who they pick I just I think either. that picking a quarterback would be stupid too because close, he's close. he's as unproven as Fields and he had the best offensive line. Absolutely. So, do you agree that you trade down, start building in the trenches, unlike what our previous regimes (plural) have done in the past?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our previous nine regimes. Yeah. Um, I would give something, buddy. Um, my favorite is. Mel Kuyper, who's wrong a lot but he's right sometimes he works hard I'll give him that and he makes tries to make the draft interesting which it isn't anymore because they ruined it used to be on Saturdays you were a kid you'd be it'd be 90 out and you stayed in for 4 hours and watched the draft you, now you got 3 days of nonsense here's my deal Kuyper says if the Bears don't trade down because that would just be then they should take the defensive tackle from Georgia Carter okay I just get – I start hearkening back to Tommy Harris, okay? I hearken back to Keem Hicks, who the last few years was ineffective. Played well three, four years, but broke down. I don't think you take a first pick at defensive tackle because all it takes is one chop block that you're not supposed to do, one blindside to the side of the leg, and these guys always have a problem. I'd like the kid Will Anderson, the, the pass rusher from Alabama, if they're going to take anybody, a Richard Dent-type guy, to put pressure on the quarterback and then push him up against uh, – and push him up into the pocket so we will make it easier for the defensive tackles to whoever they are. So that's my guy, but I'm with you. Trade down, there's not a difference in any of these players – Nobody knows who's going to uh, get well. Nobody knows who's going to get a bad player. Nobody knows who's going to be great. You know, I think Fields is more going to be like Kyler Murray. That's my opinion, only not as good. And Kyler Murray, everybody's up in arms about him. So I hope he turns out okay. They moved up for him. And I don't want to hear people moan and he don't have a lot around him. When you move up for a player, he's supposed to make them better. And I didn't see, I saw overthrows, I saw uh, fumbles, I saw a lack of of resolve to get rid of the football, and like you said, focusing on one guy. This is his last year. If it don't work out, I think these guys will say, we gave him a chance, man, (laughs) and he wasn't even our guy. Now we got to move on.
0: You know, I think that it's weird well, it's different because Pace drafts him and then he's fired. Right? It was just one, basically a year, right? So it, drafted, normally the Nick, new G-
1: tra- the, the new- Mitch wasn't bad. He drafted Mitch and he well, drafted the Fields new GM.
0: Normally wants to start on a fresh shoe, but you know yeah. he, he's it's weird. So I think they the new GM could make some mistakes, and this is what I'm trying oh. to avoid. This is what I'm trying to avoid. I'm. With I don't, I don't want them to trade for a Lamar Jackson because he's going to get franchise tagged <laughs> and possibly traded. I do not want that at all, because I think no, Lamar Jackson it. is the typical, I'm going to get you to the playoffs with my legs, but once I play a really good team, I I can't go through my progressions. That's what I worried I'm worried about of that. Now, don't and be- I like him,
1: and I like the guy, because he lopes. He's faster to field because he runs differently. But let me also say this. Walter Payton played quarterback for the Bears. And when you are a great runner, but you can't throw, he threw a touchdown. In the game, but he (laughs) also ran wild. If you got a running back that, that takes the snap, you better be able to gain 60, 70, 80 yards. And that's really what Justin Fields is right now. I can't say he's a quarterback. He's a talented dual threat. But right now the dual is with the question mark. The running is impeccable. Mm -hmm. Tough kid. But yeah, I don't think you talked about Lamar Jackson. I don't think the Bears might even in their division. He's the fourth best quarterback right now.
0: Yeah, I I do not want them to screw up and get dazzled by a bunch of bsers in the media and and that's what you're going to say. They're going to be like, I've already heard it. Like a perfect fit for the Bears is Lamar. No, he's expensive. <laughs> he's expensive as hell, and he's going to be hurt. He, he he's a good quarterback when he's not hurt. Not great, Look but up. he's he's good. In a, and he's good with the Ravens the Raven system, but the fact that he does get hurt because of his running, because that's part of his game, he's brings him last. brings him down exactly. So that would be a mistake number one. Mistake number two is getting dazzled again by another wide receiver like a Hopkins, like trading you know your picks away for something like that. I no. like Hopkins, but the Bears are not ready for Hopkins because they could and he's never use be him
1: on the field. If if,
0: if if the quarterback has no time to throw the ball. Who, who yeah. cares who's back there? You can have five Terrell Owens back there and three Jerry Rices. They're not getting the ball because there's no time to throw it. And that was part of the problem. Why Fields was always running for his life. Now, I like a quarterback that can run smart like a Mahomes, like a Burrow, like
1: Daniel Jones actually did this see, year. You well, know what, Have You just said something that's wrong. You said he always ran for his life because that. I counted at least 20 times this year. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Now I'm going to run. Or early runs, he a quarterback has to have the sense. You know, I saw Danny Jones improve this year a lot. That's what you want to hit. Yes. Well, I had Danny Jones on the scrap heap a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. This year he had a good year. We all did. We all did, Mike. Yeah, we all had him there. Maybe that could happen because Danny Jones was a running quarterback. Think, oh, you can't win running. Danny Jones is a good passer. He's become a good passer. And he's a runner, and he had fumble props. And this year, he came to his own with a good coach, with good coaching. Now, my question to you is, do you think Iberflus and this Luke uh, Getze are the right coaches to take? One was a defensive coach who, the last time I saw him on another team, needed to beat Jacksonville to, be, to to get into the playoffs, Iberflus, and they got murdered, and they didn't get in. So, And the other guy, Getze, did a good job. But I never saw the passing game develop the way. In fact, it got progressively worse as the year went on. So we got to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, we got progressively injured too. Mooney went out. Yeah, I mean everybody went out. We had our. Well, you talk
1: about Lamar Jackson getting hurt. Justin Fields won't last four years if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, he won't.
0: And that's why you got to protect him. We'll see what happens. I say Yeah, but he runs
1: and gets hurt. He likes to run. You act like he don't like to run. He loves running. I love him
0: when he runs. Don't he you? can. So does Josh Allen, but he gets down and slides in the right opportunity. That's what he needs to learn. So that's why. I learned, so I like right. quarterbacks that extend the play because once the linebacker gets off the tight end and dart, darts towards you, yeah. your tight ends open, and that's what Mahomes does every day to Kelsey. I mean, we see it all the time. He extends the play by going to the right of the pocket. One one thousand, two one thousand, two and a half. Shoot to the right. It's almost magic the way he does it because it's the, the offensive line expects it. The receivers know where he's going to be. That's the only thing that's going to make fields better. Now, I don't know about Iberflus, Mike. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I have to say that he didn't have anybody. But this next year, once they spend that $120 million in cap space. They had
1: th- Wokan Smith, and they traded him at 25 years old because they didn't think he was worth 20000000 million. I'll be honest. I didn't know if you pay an inside land back or $20 million. We should all be embarrassed. Bear should have signed him. Well, I'll tell you this. When
0: he looked on the Ravens the last few weeks, he looked pretty good. Oh, my
1: God. He picked they, The Ravens are saying as soon as he came over the last month, the defense changed completely. So if, if there's somebody that needed people around him, it was him. And you know what really made me mad is they pick up Claypool after they get rid of Quinn and Wilkhan Smith. So why you get rid of two of your best defenders and pretend like you're going in? And I think you're right about Green Bay. But it still looked like, oh, the Bears are helping Fields out. And that play didn't work. It didn't work this year. Maybe Claypool next year will be better, but it just didn't work out to be the guy for a second round pick. And like you said a first,
0: I couldn't believe Rokon got the 20 million. Uh, I, I was shocked. And now, now Tremaine Edmonds coming out of from Buffalo is going to want that contract, too. It's, so it's set a new trajectory now. For middle linebackers, but he's
1: twenty five, and we—he was our guy.
0: Yeah, and the and money we, keeps coming in every every single more every year. Yeah,
1: I, come on. I I'm tired of worried about owners' money. Well,
0: let's hope Sandborn stays you know, gets better. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, he only looked good because everybody else sucked. But you know, maybe he does. Yeah,
1: you know, I love Sandborn.
0: He was great on the Badgers. He was one of my favorites. And uh, you know what's funny is that uh, he has a nose for the football. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, the other guy went to Kansas City. He was actually playing backup, which is uh, Malusi, which uh, was actually looked at this better than Sanborn. He was drafted in the third round. I, Malusi mm-hmm. was great, but no, I, I was pretty impressed with Sanborn. But anyways, enough about our rants on our piss-poor Chicago teams. Let's move on to a little NFC conference I've been scale. going
1: for 60 years uh, ranting about the Bears It's second nature.
0: Oh, it is, it is. And I can go on forever. And there's other topics oh, yeah. that we've already talked about on Twitter that we yeah. don't need to get into. But let's talk about some sports betting, my friend. San Francisco versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia is about two and a half points right here on the Bet Fred screen. And the total of this game is 45.5. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't make a bet on this yet. I have a way I'm leaning. But I'm going to see what you have to talk about first.
1: I like San Francisco. I can't. I liked him at the beginning of the year, and you know they keep waiting for Purdy to fall apart, and you know he's Mister Irrelevant. I don't want to even hear about that. To me, the guy that's going to explode and is the guy that they could put at five different positions, McCaffrey. Uh, That was the pickup of the year. It's reminiscent of when I was a kid. The Baltimore Orioles picked up a guy in a trade. Milt Pappas and another guy for Frank Robinson. And he won the MVP the next year. And they won the World Series and everything because of that one pickup. I look at McCaffrey. I don't pick San Francisco with a chance if he's not on that team. But I think he, when he's healthy, he's the best all-purpose back in football. He's the kind of guy that Purdy can go to in a situation. I'm not taking anything away from Philadelphia. They were so impressive. And Hertz looks so good. Um, He's a winner. I think it's going to be a great game. I just think it's a storybook type of thing. And I think Shanahan, to do what he's done, um, I think the only thing that Garoppolo didn't do that Purdy's doing is he's finding the tight end more. And that's your key to success in the National Football League is tight end. If you look at Tom Brady this year, folks, and you ask anybody, why was Tom Brady struggling this year? He lost Gronk. He lost Gronk. If he's got Gronk as the tight end this year and Gronk played, they have a winning record. Whenever he was in trouble, whenever he had to sidestep, whenever he had to go here, go there, Gronk was there. Gronk, Just like you just said about the tight end for Kansas City. 14 targets and, I mean, 14 catches. Shame on the defense for not double-teaming him. But the guy caught everything, too. He's fantastic. So the tight end, to me, is important. I expect Kittle to have a big game. Debo Sam, you got so many weapons on that team that I I like, besides Purdy. I'll give I gotta give the edge to Hertz there, no matter what. Besides Purdy, I like the skill position players from San Francisco better.
0: What about Dallas Goddard? I mean, that guy's a beast. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I imagine what Zach Ertz is thinking. Uh, you know, going to the Cardinals. By the way, but Goder right has been amazing. He was fantastic last game. The dude's been He's, he's jumping over people. You know, I, I, I'm not gonna. Lo- I see these as two very equal teams, and there's a lot of reasons why. You know, on the ground, both teams 4.7 rushing yards per attempt. That's good. Uh, on defense, the the Niners only allow three point four rushing yards per attempt with Fred Warner there. But now, you could pass on them. Yeah, yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, the yes, yes. But here's the Eagles. The, this is their weakness. They allow four point seven yards per rush. Twenty third in offensive yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or defensive opponent EPA on the on the run. So you give the advantage to the 49ers here but through the air both teams 7.7 yards per pass. San Fran gives up a little bit more on defense though, 6.4 yards per pass and the Eagles at league low 5.4 yards per pass. Yeah here's a couple things though. Dak Prescott he was able to uh, march down the dang field though. You you know, he was stupid about some situations and he lost the game for the for the uh, Cowboys. The Dak Prescott lost the game. He was there just <laughs> Your version of Justin Fields this game, well, no, he was, you was awful. Know I mean,
1: it, the rookie beat him out. The rookie didn't throw a pick. That's all you got to do. Don't turn the ball over and win the game. And, and I, I'm with you. I, I I really believe. I felt bad for Dallas's defense. They were terrific. Uh, Micah Parsons is the best talent I've seen in in 10, 15 years with. With a double team, he's as good as anybody I've seen, including Taylor. Butkus was quadruple team, so he took everybody on. But for Taylor and for Parsons, I watched them both, and I watched this Micah Parsons get double teamed all game and just whip people's butts. He's as good as anybody, but it's a shame that, that Dak Prescott has got to get a change of scenery. That's what he's got to do. He's got to get out of there now. I mean, well, he's paid now.
0: He's making forty million a year. Who's going to pay him that besides Dallas? You know, that's a big contract. You know,
1: a lot of it's guaranteed. Yeah, why don't you give some of that money back so you can get some better players? First of all, Zeke Elliott is finished. Well, you tell that to Aaron Rodgers
0: up north and see how that
1: goes. Yeah, Zeke Elliott is finished. (laughs) I'm tired of seeing Zeke Elliott. And that they had him center and that stupid play. (laughs) I mean, my God. And I I don't mind McCarthy because, you know what? I'm not blaming McCarthy for Dak, Dak Prescott being a dumbass with some of those plays. And I I really believe if they could get themselves a better quarterback, yeah, I said it. They got a real good shot. And Pollard breaking his leg, that was the end of the end, right there. I mean, because that was then that was I, that was the end. That was yeah, I don't blame team.
0: Kellen Moore. I don't blame McCarthy. I blame Dak completely because this has always been Dak. Now, Dak was able to beat the the inferior Tampa team that couldn't have a pass rush. They had lost Jack Barrett this year. They are all over the just poorly coached Tampa team. Brady looked like he saw a ghost in the first half throwing the ball at everybody's feet. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on over there. But, you know, you got two elite teams here. Both- Brady looked like he saw his alimony papers. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like his FTX investment. Um, <laughs> both, oh, man, we're so bad. Both, both teams are one net yard per play both teams top four in epa the path to the niners is running the football but let me ask you this question mike let me ask you this who do you trust more to come back if they get jumped 10 nothing 14 nothing the eagles or the niners the eagles yeah the eagles and the, the re- eagles. and the reason is because you're gonna have They're a quarterback the 49ers for that yeah the 49ers think. are not built for that they have to play with the lead and I'm, and I'm worried about that because I've seen the 49ers go against some terrible pass defenses and pass offenses. Now, when they finally upgraded and pass offenses and played the Chiefs and even the Raiders, they got scored on 34 to 44 points. So that's my worry. And you got guys like Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. You got A.J. Brown, which was the stupidest trade I've
1: ever they're seen. Loaded.
0: Uh, they're loaded. Th- they're loaded, too. So th- these are really equal teams. Advantage coach. To Kyle Shanahan, advantage so. quarterback to Hertz, right? Yeah, yes. and and then you throw in the home field. What do you so get? We're
1: talking about a guy that hasn't lost the game. The other quarterback, right? And you throw in home field. <laughs> what's what's the spread, Mike? It's two and a half. That's where it should be. Yeah. I, we're yeah. worried about Fields. Purdy hasn't lost the game, and we're worried about him. You know what I mean? That it's if Purdy came into the perfect situation, if Purdy plays for Tampa Bay and Brady plays for the 49ers. I think we have a, I think Tampa Bay has a worse season and I think 49ers have basically the same season. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Cuz I see Purdy as a as an he plays like Brady does. Brady's a 45-year-old guy. Purdy smart, Purdy takes his time. I think being shunned as Mr. irrelevant puts a chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah. But if you're going to be a, a quarterback for the first time, and you're going to be the guy that was picked last, what better offensive group would you like around you than Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, Kittle, that offensive line at that left tackle? IU, nobody Chris? Gets fired. Yeah,
0: Iuke's out there, Mitchell. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they're on. loaded. They're loaded. Yeah,
1: teams are loaded.
0: Both teams are loaded. so that's why it's two point five. Uh, I'm trying to say this is the this what is the right way. Do? Right. We don't have to bet every game, Mike. The sports no. the sports
1: book has to put a line on every game. We don't have to bet every game. Oh no! And, and some of the best, some the best bet I've always said. Some of the best bets I've ever made are the ones I didn't make. Yeah,
0: you leave them off table. The it's I better because it you no pay bet. juice. Because you pay juice, it's better yeah. to leave a loser off the table than gain one winner. No doubt about it. And so this Those is. Are, this, I like
1: San Francisco. I,
0: I got I got the Eagles twenty four to 21 right. and, a half. Uh, 20, and so I got this. I, I'm right on the spread Give me here. Three. I, Give me three. Yeah. Give me three. Give me a two. Three, 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 I might three, give me three. a two. I'm going to think a little bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, 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 or 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 give me one hell of a money line price, Mike. Right, but right. I'm going to lean the under, and I'm going to lean. Uh, I'm not betting the under though, uh, just because no. I'm at 45 and a half. Probably I, I'm like literally right at this spread. I think the books did a good job opening the number. I think the market didn't even have a chance to massage it. I think it's still at two and a half for a reason. Um, limits are starting to increase here. And uh, I expect this. I do expect some Niners money. I expect it to go from two and two and a half all week, and we'll see what happens. Barring any big news, this is a good line. It's best to not bet it, in my opinion, and that is my advice. Let's move on to the next game Cincinnati Cincinnati versus Kansas City. Now, this is down to one ish, one and a half. Let's pull up uh, our Bet Fred Sports and see where the heck this is. it. It looks like one. Bengals are now minus one the total is 47 the reason it went down back down to one is because Mahomes is practicing in my opinion Mike I think that Mahomes plays with so much damn tape it's going to look like a cast anyway but uh, yeah my biggest problem with that is Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league and Burrow's second close second but What's Mahomes when he doesn't extend the play by running to the right? I, I he seems to not be as good out of the pocket as he's when he's running and throwing that sidearm and all that fun stuff. Now he's still above average, that's for sure. I, I, I would take a injured Mahomes over seventy five percent of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: But- I'd take him if he's almost dead. <laughs> I'd take him if he's in a coma. Take, half the guys just I've put him there.
0: behind the Bears. Bring back Jay Hillnerberg. Put, put him, on him a the Bears. and roll him
1: around and let him just throw with the arm like this. Enough.
0: We'll bring back Jay. I will
1: say this: Keith. <laughs> as far as the one thing we got to figure out, <clears throat> excuse me, Mahomes is going to be in the shotgun. He better be a lot in the shotgun. Yeah, you no can't have center. him running
0: back. Absolutely, shotgun all if day. He's
1: under center like he was. He was a couple times in the game after he got hurt. They put him under. I go, whoa, get him back in there now. Boom, boom, boom. Kelsey, you know, all the guys around him. The line, I just, you're playing a guy that you said, it's almost like you're almost ashamed to say it. Yeah, Burrow's like second. No, Burrow may be first. If he beats Mahomes again, that's two in a row, okay? Okay. And they go to the Super Bowl for two in a row. But Mahomes won the Super Bowl. Where did he win it though? Three, four years ago. Okay. Now you got an injured guy with a high ankle sprain. But I'm hearing he's gonna play. The line had gone from Bengal's getting points all the way this morning to like the Chiefs are getting two, two and a half. And now it's gone back down with what you said. Now the odds makers are gone. If this was anybody else but Mahomes, we we wouldn't be worried. But Mahomes is a bounce back guy. He's a great athlete. He's a fast healer. It looks like. But you got the other guy that people are starting to forget about, Joe Burrow's, and he's a, an assassin, and he doesn't care. The line, I mean, people talk about the Bears' line. I just heard you uh, put have a pity party for Justin Fields for having a bad line. nobody the Cincinnati line. They're under three of guys are their second stringers, but he just gets rid of the ball. And you're right about one thing: the receivers are so much better than most people's. So I would say if you take both dogs, would you think? I don't think both favorites are going to win. So um, I would. Pro- I don't think both favorites are going to win. I'd probably go Cincinnati and San Francisco. Well, right I'll, t- now.
0: I'll tell you what, Mike. I've my biggest play of the playoffs was Bengals last week. And I oh, also, yeah. I also even teased. I five, even teased no. them it's to nine. eleven past the six, seven. Oh, eight, the teasers
1: 10. killed the books.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, the teasers were wonderful. But I'm also in the contest with Doug Upstone. He's out of Doc okay. Sports. He's a he's on this show sometimes, and Great he motivation. has a playoff pick'em contest. I'm ten and zero right now. And I'm and I'm thinking, why the hell did I just not parlay it? Of course, you know. I'm
1: I don't parlay things. When, as the times I'm doing. Well. I'm different, folks. I'm actually a handicapper that roots for other handicappers, but that's beside <laughs> the point. I, yeah,
0: I haven't been as stumped as I am this week. Is my point? You know, I you mean, gotta I, I, I got to pick one. I got to pick the, the winner of each game, and I picked, and I'm ten and zero. Six games of, uh, or sorry, uh, yep, yep, six games, four games,
1: and here we are, two games, right? So um now you're talking to a guy, by the way, who was in a med- uh, post game media pool. My first game, I I, th- I was. I had Chargers, and we were winning twenty seven to nothing. So, you know, <laughs> he says, "You never know." Oh, that was brutal. That, I just wanted, to, I wanted to fly to the airport and meet that team and talk to, and have a dressing down. But that's beside <laughs> the point. I needed. Mean I wanted to fly me to, to L.A. I want to talk to. Uh, this big guy Justin Herbert who puts up three. They talk about Dak Prescott. Justin Herbert's the same way, three points in the second half. But anyway, I digress because I got. I agree. digress. I, I'm going to go. I I just think it. If I had to pick one, I'm going Philly. Okay. Well, the, if you believe in Philly, if you believe Philly can beat Frisco, I don't believe Kansas City's a shoo against against the Bengals. I don't. I'm not even thinking
0: that far. I'm not even thinking that far ahead. Let Let's talk about that after this handicap, though. All right. I, I the Chiefs. I don't want a depression. I, I, well, here. I mean,
1: <laughs>
0: it's just a tough week. I mean, I, this is the worst <laughs> situation. I I think that the Bengals did own them the last three games. They covered the spread, and that was with Burrow and Mahomes. There's something about this team. I was very excited about the Bengals. Had no worry about them last week because I thought the fact that they looked bad against the Ravens, who played out of their ass, you know, they punched them in the mouth. It, the The Chiefs can't punch you in the mouth. They're not a punch. The way to beat the Bengals is to beat them up. Like the Steelers probably have a better chance uh, with their front with their front seven than the Chiefs do to beat them up. Seriously, the, and the Ravens did the right thing. They screwed up at the end with Huntley.
1: That's but just, you said, you said to me just now, the Bengals won three. In a row, right against them. Against the and Chiefs. And now we we have an injured guy. No matter what, Mahomes could start and could re-injure the ankle, just like that in the the second series. But I'll give you an analogy because you're one of my favorite guys. And I'm not. I'll tell you a story. It's not. It's no fun for me to tell this story, but I must. When I was about eleven year old, years old, there was a guy me and, named Bobby Burns in my neighborhood. We didn't get along. Okay, it was like a territorial thing. And we got in a fight, and he beat me up. Bobby got me good, okay? For three weeks after that, I hit out, and I trained hard, okay? And I saw Bobby Burns one day. You know what happened? He beat me up again, okay? <laughs> so, what t- so what I'm trying to tell you is, if the Bengals have won three straight, and you got a crippled quarterback playing, playing who's talented as hell, but could get re-injured, that's the thing I'm worried about. Oh, he's back there taping up the ankle again. He's limping again. Oh, here comes Chad Henney, who, by the way, had a 98-yard drive. And and, and Mahomes went, wait a minute. They're going to find out that it's the team, not just me. Let me get back out there. Because that was a great drive. And you know who deserves a little credit for that drive, baby? Not only Bienemy, but the quarterback coach in Matt Nagy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. You, You know what's funny, Mike? Uh, well, first of all, you look wonderful. Uh, I never would have thought you got your ass kicked that bad as a oh, kid. Oh,
1: no, it's uh, <laughs> me. I can killed for 50 years, but the memory's still there.
0: No, the memory's definitely there. And, yeah. you know, I would have put maybe the Chiefs at minus two and a half, being at home, being how hot they are, just based if Burrow is healthy. Now, if, it, if it's under the two and a half, and you know three is that important key number that always gets to, why would you not bet the Bengals if you – it's almost like a free roll. You know, if it's a 50-50 already, almost, when it gets to three, I mean. If I
1: told you, if I told you, you know what, Kiev? here's what's going to happen this year. The Bengals are going to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. You're going, really? You think so, huh? And I go, yeah. And you know what else is going to happen? The Bengals are going to be favored at Kansas City. You'd automatically think that Mahomes was out. I, I I that. would
0: probably think Mahomes is out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't and think he's, he's out.
1: And, fa- and he's in, and they're not favored.
0: Yeah, that's important. So that's important. The market. That's that's, that's the way the market in sees it.
1: city, and Mahomes isn't favored, and he's supposed to be practicing. So,
0: one thing that people don't way. see about the Bengals, you know, the Bengals don't have that good yards per play. They're only point one, and the Chiefs are one point one. But if you look at the last nine weeks of the season, oh, the Bengals oh, are number. Uh four in EPA per play, Kansas City's number one. But on defense, the Bengals are number six in defensive EPA. Kansas City's number ten. So last half of the season, these are equal teams. You know, and now you have an injured Mahomes. Uh the the Bengals had a harder strength to schedule according to the metrics. Number two, number three on team rankings, number eleven for Kansas City. We thought before the season started that the AFC West was gonna be this juggernaut of a and then what happened? The Chargers were the Chargers. You know, hurt all year. The Raiders were terrible, and do we even have to talk about the Denver Broncos? I mean, this went this went from possibly the best to one of the worst divisions, and Kansas Andy City got Reed to play has
1: one Super Bowl. Yeah, Andy Reid has won Super Bowl, and in at least six instances, he's had the best quarterback, whether it was McNabb or whether it was Mahomes. So all I keep hearing is what an offensive mind he is, yet. He's won only one Super Bowl. Now, maybe that will be the only Super Bowl Mahomes wins because I remember Aaron Rodgers. Everybody told him he was going to win three or four after 2010. And now they're talking about trading him to the Tennessee Titans, which means NFL not for long for for him because he will be going to a different team. He'll be Johnny Unitas down the line. He'll be a good quarterback for him, but they'll never win if he goes to the Jets and everything else. The fact is Mahomes is in favor at Kansas City. That should tell that you is, everything you need would to be know, right? Almost here. an impossibility if he's playing.
0: So here's the thing. I, I and I took the Bengals at plus one and a half. I still like them at you minus one. Him. I took i you Yeah got it's almost like that situation where, you know, if Mahomes was healthy, there, there would be pressure on that three, being the Bengals have been so good against them. But um I also Let like the over. Yourself, I,
1: you're, I, in a, you're in a debate with somebody. You're coming up with a debate. I want you're gonna debate a guy on um the the NFL and uh, and and maybe uh, the best teams and whatever, and you 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 know this guy's really sharp and they're gonna p- give you points, but you hear that he gets dizzy over so o- every so often, you know Mahomes got the bad ankle. You hear the guy gets a little dizzy. Just had a brief bout with vertigo. You're not as intimidated. No. You're not as worried. You're saying you know what this guy might have a spell when he's up there. I'm feeling good. That's how Cincinnati is. Burroughs healthy. The team's healthy. I'm not a big fan of the coach because he's like hardball. They like to take chances and screw. The, the, the up.
0: coach can be a screw up and he was out. Absolutely. He was out coached at that Ravens game, but he Absolutely still has was. the most talent on this team. And if he can just call plays like he did last week, then then he could match up a little bit with Ravens. Bengals for
1: 49ers. The Montana Kenny Anderson or whatever it was. So who was the quarterback for the Bengals? Oh, that's the count. That was
0: that the Icky Woods or Icky Shuffle? Yeah, yeah.
1: Who was that? Who was the quarterback? Was it Oh God? It's Bernie. Was it, it can't be Kenny Anderson? No, no, I don't remember. Was it Kenny Anderson? Number 14? It was I, I can't believe I can't remember. I don't I don't remember. But then either. again, was it nineteen eighties or something? Early nineteen eighty one?
0: It was the nineties, I think.
1: No, the nineties were Dallas.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't remember. No, that's I don't let's yeah. I, uh, let's move on. But uh, I, Wait a so Bengals versus Eagles is my pr- my prediction. I will bet the Bengals at the plus one and a half. I think if I think you know if Mahomes is going to play, this will probably move to pick them, maybe a little bit shaded. I don't know, but I'm okay with anything under two here. But I also like the over because both these teams are top five in yards per point. They're going to scheme something up easy. I think they're going to score a little bit here. It's in Kansas City. So it's almost like a protect bet. I think over forty seven I think I can see more like a a thirty to twenty three type game, you know uh, twenty seven twenty four gets it uh, gets it done for you to fifty one. I, I think yeah. I think the over is a good play and it's almost a hedge because if this thing if the if your Bengals plays gets screwed up, it's because the chiefs were able to score a bunch of points. Yeah, you know that's the only way I could look at it. and both could happen. So uh, I, I like the Bengals and the over because it's almost kind of.
1: I don't know if we should overreact about the Buffalo game with Cincinnati though. Too.
0: Um, no, Buffalo you shouldn't. Was... But Buffalo was a mess, and they're they still a mess. mess. <laughs> they, they, they—that dayball loss has definitely hurt them on the offensive play-calling side of the ball, and uh, they just weren't ready. And my handicap was perfect. They didn't have the safeties for this. Now the Kansas City does have a little bit of better safeties, but they also got a weakness. Uh, in the past game on defense, they do allow uh, pretty big chunks of uh, yards uh, through the air. I do have the numbers here uh, somewhere. I think it's uh, six point Joel six, Joel, point six yards per attempt. Yeah, you got Jamar Chase, you got T Higgins, you got Hurst, yeah, you got Boyd. Yeah, Boyd was Boyd was a, Boyd was a starter before those guys. You got
1: a running game right now. You got a running game. Mixon's playing pretty good. He's not like a loser. Oh god, you know.
0: Mixon's a stud. He was like the best fantasy back. I think. Hold on. I'm talking to the
1: black box. Hold on. Who was the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals (laughs) when they see
0: it's bugging you.
1: (laughs) Bugging the hell out of me. Not Joe Burrow. (laughs) That's that's the last one.
0: Don't ever ask Siri. Who won
1: the Cincinnati Bengals? Who never mind? We'll tweet it out after the show, Mike. Thanks so much, uh, my we, man. We, well, we'll forget about it. Move on. <laughs> it's gonna bother me all night. I'm gonna have one eye open. You know? <laughs> one eye looking up.
0: Well, hey, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. We're out of time. And but man, you thank you so much for breaking this great You're name. Going. This
1: is gonna be is there a, like an Emmy type of thing for shows?
0: Oh, I wish. I wish there was a sports bug. You know, because I give it to you at the, the odds couple.
1: The party. We could call it the potty, P-O-D-D-Y, the potties.
0: The potties, there you go. Listen to my All right. potty. All right. Well, Mike, yeah, once again, you rock, Thank Chicago you. sports legend. Love having you on. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And in our, in our listeners out there, check out Mike on ESPN 1000 and the odds couple that comes out on Fridays,
1: I believe, sometimes Saturdays. Friday morning. No, it's Friday nights at eight. Now Saturday okay. mornings at eight. ESPN one thousand for you folks around the nation. ESPN one thousand. I also give us uh, my other by podcast network the bar room. Uh, you can check that out too. Uh, it's a lot of bear talk, a lot of stuff like that.
0: All right, make sure you guys check out Mike. Hey, Mike, we'll be talking Thanks, soon. Jake. Thank you. All
1: right, now it's time
0: for a little college basketball. We got our guy Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets. He's been killing it. I've been following him. Justin, how the heck you been doing?
2: Hey, hey it's been good, man. I, uh, I'm doing well, Justin, like you said. Had a nice little uh, hot run. Ray. It's been a fun time. I always like when you get those crazy nice days. and. Uh, look college basketball has been awesome this season i think that we're getting so many good looks at at value across the board every year it's the same thing there's just often too much to handicap there's models that maybe don't account for some of the things uh that you know we look for when we watch the game in terms of like the shots being taken rather than maybe the scores and you know if you learn to navigate around just that you know that final score that recency bias you can really start to find some value pockets and you know it's it's definitely been some uh positive returns for me using those types of strategies the last
0: couple of weeks, oh no doubt whatsoever man it's uh it, you got to get where you the getting's good, and that's why we have a lot of tools and it's a like shot quality bets shot quality bets has helped me a lot, and it's a fantastic tool to take a different look because it's like really the only thing different than a lot of the efficiency sites out there, so I love it but um you know, yep. it doesn't take away the creative part of handicapping, which is uh, something we always like to factor in. And we like to sniff out some things, too. Before we get into a few segments, I want to ask you about this. And I talk about this every year because I think it's fascinating, Justin. The SEC Big 12 Challenge. What do you think about it being towards the end of January here? And and uh, I suppose you approach it a certain way. Yeah, I mean, you know,
2: it's it's a crazy slate, I mean, to have these teams just lining up against each other. It's it's a great test, honestly. It, it's a really good test for March uh, when you start, you know, having different styles of play match up. I mean, maybe you could say that the way that the SEC and the way the Big 12 play are honestly similarly enough or similar enough that you could uh, maybe not have to do so much recalculating. But, I don't know, these teams definitely are – I you know, I'm some of the best in the country. I mean, we're getting some really awesome matchups, some clashes of styles. I think home court's going to matter a lot. Uh, these are big name teams coming into everyone's building. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of excitement around it. Arkansas is going to be at Baylor. Texas is going to be at Tennessee. I mean, these are some of the uh, marquee matchups of Saturday. Florida, Kansas State should be a great one to see how those teams match up. And then, of course, the Blue Bloods, Kentucky and Kansas are playing a lot of eyes be on that one for the 8 p.m. slot the prime time slot uh, but you know I think what you can maybe get out of it is maybe some of the lower grade matchups may might have a little bit more value there's going to be a lot of a lot of bets on kansas kentucky that's probably one that i'm just going to default and you know not even try to figure out but uh you know gut feel says take these big 12 teams some of the sec teams are probably ready uh the tennessees playing the texas i feel like is probably one where you know i I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see tennessee come out as the favorite there
0: oh they were going to be the favorite um um i did pick two of those games so I I love this weekend. And and you know why I like it is because from a sports betting aspect, there's some creative handicapping that you can do. To be honest with you, this is a massive distraction for people trying to win their conference. The good teams coming in, the ones with two or three losses, right? And it's like, oh, now I have to play an SEC. Now I have to play a Big 12 team. It's a massive distraction, and it's not where their mind is on. Their mind is on a different goal. So it's almost like a letdown in a way to have to do it. On the other side, and I've seen this happen every single year, Um, those big teams sometimes are losing or not covering, at least, against the worst team Mm. in the other conference. On the other side of things, when you're a bubble team and you see this big name, you're it's not winning chance. you're not winning your conference it's a big chance psychologically for you to stand up and do something there's a couple good spots this weekend i'm very excited to get into it um i think missouri is a, mm. versus iowa state's one of those you know I, I you know missouri at home iowa state trying to win the big 12. that's that's possible there's just some yep. really good spots here and i did pick a couple of these games to talk about so it's fascinating to me from a creative side and just, you know, now from a a fan side, I think it's annoying. (laughs) I don't know why Mm -hmm. they would do that. You know, it's like, this is conference play. Now I have to deal with this, but I guess it's also exciting to some basketball fans as well. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: it's, it's definitely, um, you know, when you're thinking about these teams and their goals, it might feel like it's getting in the way of the, of the teams. Like, excuse me of the iowa states the kansas states the kansases uh who have to play pretty good teams here like you know and i'm i'm excited to break some of them down i mean another one another good spot probably is this maybe the bottom uh the texas tech lsu matchup is very interesting both those teams have a lot to prove uh could see that one really coming down to it but you know the big 12 is expected to win all but three uh only only tennessee uh, Kentucky and Alabama are expected to carry the torch for the uh, SEC, and that makes some sense. I mean, Tennessee is probably one of the best Tennessee teams we've seen in a long time. Uh, they have, you know, they're number two in in most analytics sites, the best defense I think on Ken Palm and in, in maybe ever. Some of the the metrics and and that has you know a, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but they still are one of the best defenses that we've seen recently. So not shocked to see them favored. Uh, at home to beat Texas, and then, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, Kentucky's expected to win that. It's just the home court bias. So um i don't know we'll see we should get into a couple of them there's definitely some good spots oklahoma state mississippi is an interesting one people aren't going to be looking at some of these games you know there's it's really clear which ones people are going to be watching oh it is Um,
0: it is totally so it's going to be kentucky you definitely want to
2: maybe steer clear of texas tennessee and kansas kentucky like those are just going to be hard games to like win bets on but you could see alabama bounce back i mean you know they just had a really like they scraped out a win against mississippi state last night um which you know again mississippi state pretty uh getting getting way too many points there i think it was like 13 and a half but anyway uh no i think alabama might be in a good spot to bounce back but i don't know whichever ones you want to talk about we should definitely break them down
0: yeah i mean alabama did win they don't care if they right. covered. So, I mean, bounce back sure, from, an, from an ATS perspective. This is one of those, Course. for me, where it would be Oklahoma or none. But let's get into that after we get into this segment, because this segment I love. And it's buy low, sell high. And what's great about it, well, first of all, what's great about shot quality bets is it kind of does it for you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to share my screen here. <laughs> uh, you know, if you look at record luck, This is a great stat to look at because shot quality bets computes each game and says, by the way, the game flowed. This is what should have happened. Maybe they're just cold a little bit too often compared to what their real strengths are. And a lot of these teams could be buy-in teams. Well, these are the fade teams, you know, actual win percentage um, minus their win percentage. You know, I I think it's, uh, you know, from a shot quality standpoint, you know, what did they actually do? Yeah, no, that's.
2: Go ahead it's really an an interesting statistic. So it really takes the uh, aggregate percent of the win of the shot quality win percentages. um, Like, you know, it it pulls everything together. So when you go to like a specific team page, it shows you all the shot quality win percentages alongside uh, each result. Right. So the, essentially what happens here is that those win percentages uh, end up becoming the overall team uh, expected record over time. Right. So we, We don't necessarily like add them up, but we, uh, I guess, we look at it in a true statistical way of like what their record should be over time. So it doesn't necessarily always line up with how many yellow uh, lines there are. It has a lot more to do with like the percentages. So like when they win a ten percent game, it does more damage to their record luck than you know winning a forty-four percent game, right? Because they really should not have. Like I don't know which we're looking at here, but we're that game here with. Yeah, for Clemson with Virginia Tech, right? Like, So they won that game that they were expected to lose against Virginia Tech on January 4th uh, by a bunch of points in the shot quality score. So get, getting that win is much more damaging to your record luck than getting a win where shot quality projected it to be close. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so it's it's really uh, it's really interesting. And then you know, record luck though is one way I think that I personally look at it uh, as a t- statistic of like which teams should be better or worse on record. But I think uh, the way that I really prefer to try to find the value, honestly, is by comparing the I guess the implied rankings or not so implied if you know who's setting the lines these days, but the like the implied rankings of teams based on the spreads that we get. Um, so you know it's not very much of a secret. You go to KenPom.com. You go look up some of these matchups. That's usually the opener, right? Right. Um, they're setting the opening lines, and then the market adjusts. So you want to get ahead of that market adjustment. It's yes. it's basically, and I joke about it. Like I, I just want to make a, a a show called "Are You Smarter Than a Ken Palm?" Or like you know, because it's really just that's the game we play, right? Can you find the places where that model is not necessarily perfect? And now the thing with the reason why it's so successful is that it is very very close a lot of the time it is a little scary right like we see these numbers the closing lines the games finish at them all the time but the times that it doesn't, we wanna try to figure that out. And, And so what I use is the disparity between shot qualities rankings and those types of implied rankings for the lines to try to see, okay, where can shot quality say a team's actually playing better than their efficiency indicates? And where is a team playing worse than their efficiency indicates. And where can we then you know, say, all right, well, if we're going by efficiency, that's how this game should look. But what if we go by expected play? What if we judge them by the shot quality, not necessarily the shot result? Um, and that's where I try to find that and record luck combined can give you a really nice picture of who's been uh, lucky and who's been actually earning their wins.
0: Exactly. In this this example was the record luck I showed you. I picked one of the luckiest teams in Clemson. I mean, it just shows you all these shots. And when I pick the top, it's going to be the biggest yellow – Uh, L's next Mm. to the shot quality result. So basically, this team is overachieving. They've been very lucky in that way. It's not the final sauce. It always comes to the value finder from shot quality because you're (laughs) looking at the difference between what should happen in the future from the spread. But um, a lot of people might, might also be looking at Clemson's record and just think that they're a better team than they should be. And Ken Palm will rank just because they won these games based upon this result not the shot quality result. exactly so 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 that's where you can find some discrepancy here and if you click this record luck again it goes opposite it shows some people Mm -hmm. some teams that should have performed better compared to what they did and maybe they will in the future just part of the equation
2: yeah and what's really interesting is you know like it's it's tough right like how do you judge a team This is where the creativity comes in. How do you judge a team that goes on an insane, hot shooting night? Like, do you give them the credit that, like, okay, you are this good? Or do you say, all right, well, you know, yeah, in a game down the line, you may end up having a cold night. And when we look at the season as a whole, you'll do as you're expected you know, I'm, I'm the latter. So like when, when a team start doing well, that doesn't necessarily always mean that they're going to always do well. There's ebbs and flows, there's matchups. Um, and we try to like mix that all together, right. To handicap the game. Um, there's no, there's no perfect way to do it. I think that, you know, trying to understand the relative differences between the expected and the actual and how, the market biases get formed is actually the best way to then like position yourself based on maybe like some type of matchup, especially like matchup chemistry through advanced stats, or maybe just like understanding how teams play. Um, you know, you can really find places where, all right, this is worth a risk. This team should be playing better. They also match up well here. They play the style that this team can't defend. And, uh, and you know, you can start to get a really complete picture rather than, okay, this team has covered three of their last five against this team where they've scored 80 points in four of their last games. It's just like you need so much more information. Um, and, and you know, shot quality ends up being like a very unique part of the picture it it isn't always the whole picture it isn't always perfect but you know i don't think you find that that color uh to the painting anywhere else right now
0: right (laughs) yep yep and that's one of the reasons why we love it and it's different than what you see right now let's get into some of our buy low sell high then and i'll go first if that's okay i prepared an article to release as well on friday on this but I'm going to go with Virginia Tech for buy low first, and the, another creative way to figure this out is looking at some main guys that might have been missing. Well, they mm-hmm. played a spell without their guard Hunter Couture, and they lost a lot of those games. He's literally the blood flow of this team. You know, the, the assist man, the guy that distributes, and they look lost without him. But now that he's back. Um, I like them they rank 13th on shot quality and offensive turnovers they're great at uh, taking care of the ball you know in some of those fast ACC teams you want somebody that can take care of the ball and keep those possessions Um, looking at their Ken Palm only 46 on Ken Palm the way Virginia Tech recruits the way they've been playing some of their senior leadership right there I think they're better than that so I'm gonna buy low on Virginia Tech as my first Justin
2: I like it. I like it. They definitely have looked better in the Duke game, the Clemson game recently. And those are two of the top teams in the ACC. You could see them make a bit of a push with their upcoming schedule. Q's, Miami, Virginia. BC, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh. I mean, they're not exactly running the gauntlet. They've kind of gotten through some of it, played UNC, played Virginia already, played Clemson, got a big win over Duke. Um, really, really great offensive efficiency in that Duke game. So uh, if they can kind of keep that rolling, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do. Uh, my, So we're going to talk a little bit about the, that Big 12 SEC. So I decided to look at the Big 10 uh, for my teams today, I hope that's cool. I the, love the second best conference. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? I mean, it's they play good basketball. Um, but for today, let's go with a an underrated team to start. Um, Northwestern, and I, I mean. I think Northwestern has done well, but I think it might come as a surprise to some people just how high up Northwestern is in the shot quality ratings. Uh, They are currently sitting at 11th in adjusted shot quality. So they are the 25th most efficient offense or, you know, shot quality efficient offense and the 11th uh, or 25th in sorry. What am I even looking at right now? Yeah, 25th in offense, 11th in defense. So the defense has really been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, Their record luck isn't really crazy one way or another. Expected record and actual record are 14 and 5. But very interestingly, in conference, they are only expected to have one loss, and that's against Wisconsin, and they won that game. So their losses against Michigan and Rutgers and Ohio State For all-shot quality wins. um, The Rutgers game by literally .2. So make of it as you will. Uh, But this team definitely has been doing it. They are one of the most... like They run the pick and roll at one of the highest frequencies. uh, And then I mean, they have, like, really great shooters, uh, efficient attacking the rim. They don't commit a lot of offensive turnovers, and they actually force a lot of defensive turnovers. So they're very often uh, running the floor in transition, getting efficient buckets. Uh, they, they win that, like, uh, the extra possession battle, so they get those turnovers, those rebounds. Uh, one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the nation as well. And, you know, it leads to teams sort of needing to catch up and so a lot they face a lot of threes, um, but you know, so it really they end up in these variance battles where it's like, okay, if a team can hit their threes, they can usually s- stick with Northwestern. But they just play such an efficient game, uh, top shot selection on offense, top shot selection against on defense. Um, they don't even have that crazy of shot makers. They're just so good at getting solid looks uh, that they blow away the shot quality metrics. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my first underrated team here for sure is northwestern
0: no i love it uh number 43 on ken Palm, 47 on hazel metrics very high up in yours that's just completely true and 11 man <laughs> th- it's crazy. I-, I was surprised that they came off that slight COVID pause it was a slight one they had to reschedule the iowa game but um mm. and you know that's usually a buy against spot well they covered the two and a half point spread so uh, they did beat Wisconsin and Wisconsin was down six, and they hit a garbage three. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> that was uh, something that happens. <laughs> Let's move to i'm gonna I'm gonna give you two more for the sake of time and then, sure, sure, and, then sure. and then you do two. Iona's one yeah. of mine. Iona was also a team that's been injured during uh, the season. Guard Walter Clayton missed three games and they played poor. Yep and this is I always like to look at teams that lost their point guard. They're going to have a big game against Siena this weekend, but when it comes to the actual talent, um, I think there's a big discrepancy with Rick Pitino's teams over in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, and I like Iona probably to cover this weekend, and I think they're a by-low team. Next is Washington. Um, Washington was, and and this is going to go for a little play I'm going to give you later tonight, they go on stretches, and they went on some stretches without Corin Johnson and Noah Williams, a couple guys that are key players. Um I think when they're healthy, they could look like they did against St. Mary's. They're one of the few teams that beat St. Mary's this year. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, they're a very tall team. I love how they played against Arizona. They only lost by three points, I believe in that game. Uh, they have they beat Colorado easily. I like Washington at 12-9 and better than what they're ranked on Kempom at 105. Why don't you give me a couple more?
2: Yeah. No, I I actually really like that one, Um, and I'll stay in the Big Ten. Uh, So the other teams that I had for underrated just really quick was Iowa and Minnesota. So I was on Minnesota last night. They cashed, and I'm on Iowa tonight, so that'll be really interesting. Uh, This is, of course, for Thursday night. Right, right. But then uh, some of the overrated teams, Indiana, right, uh, who, you know, sometimes doesn't look great on the road, has been, like, I guess, one of the luckier teams in shot quality in terms of ATS performance. So they, like, seem to get, like, just lucky enough to cover some of these spreads. It's kind of funny. Um, but definitely a team that I'm looking to continue, like, betting against, especially in tougher scenarios against better opponents in the conference. Um, they have some great players, don't get me wrong, but, like, that doesn't always work late in the season. Uh, you need to have, like, complete team efforts Uh, but then really quickly another one Michigan State is is performing uh, one of the you know staunch record luck teams negatively on shot quality and then also just the ranking Uh, they're usually being billed out by you know the efficiency models right now a little bit closer to I think like 40th if I had to yeah they're 40th or so Mm -hmm. shot quality is going to make them a lot closer to like 65th uh, so that's just, you know, it's a pretty big difference. Um, you're going to get a pretty good, uh, like, band of teams there that you drop down between. So, uh, yeah, Michigan State, sorry, 70th right now in shot quality and adjusted shot quality. Uh, there, what really is kind of alarming here is the rim and three rate, so They don't take a lot of uh, valuable shots. Uh, 63% of their shots are at the rim or th- a three. Uh, that's good for 361st in the nation. Win percent 65, expected win percent 43. Not great, not great. So, yeah, uh, Michigan State, I think, is in a, a good spot for a fade, in my opinion. Uh, and then keep keep betting on Northwestern. Look for Iowa's offense to get into, like, the shape we expect. Minnesota, even missing players, able to cover. Uh, some honorable mentions were um, Penn State and OSU for overrated. And then... Um, Wisconsin and Nebraska are also a little underrated. So
0: that's the big ten in the eyes of quality. Oh, perfect job. Great, great breakdowns. So I'll give you my three under uh sell high teams. And Auburn is just glaring to me. Um and I'm yeah. kicking myself for not waiting to the weekend and not betting against them on AM, but I still think they're massively sixteen and four. They haven't played a game versus alabama they haven't played a game versus tennessee and they haven't played a game against kentucky you know there's definitely a lot of room for regression this is not pearl's best team for sure and they are definitely not as good as what that record shows arizona state 15 and 5 this team can't shoot their three for the lives of them 280th from arc on shot quality they are a bad post-up team as well i do not like asu at 15 and 5 i think they're a little overrated i also think they got some teams in, uh in some opportune spots when they did beat some teams michigan was very young yep. at the time Uh, One of their big wins was very injured. So I'm going to be in fade mode for Arizona State. And then finally, Texas. Now, Texas at 17-3, you have to remember that they still have an interim coach. And I expect a cold spell coming on for this team. I'm not saying they're a bad team. They're, They're number nine on Ken Palm. I just can't buy a team that lost their coach in such a weird way. They got the pump up from their new coach for a little bit, but they have a bad rim and three rate on shot quality at 225th. And uh, now they're going to get into the Kansases, the Baylor's, then the Iowa States and their schedule. You saw what happened. They played That's TCU tough. and Kansas state. You saw them against TCU yeah. and Kansas state, you know, not impressive. Yeah. So that they're a little bit overrated.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, again, you know, you look at make this. It's it's such a simple comparison, but it's so important, right? I mean, you just take a peek at how um, Auburn is definitely one that the shot quality numbers really agree with you on. Uh, they just haven't been doing it. Yeah. I don't know why uh, they have they have all all of the pieces, but you know they're coming in at like they're looking like a seventieth team right now, which is crazy to think about because you're going to get. I mean, let me let me just confirm where they are before I start. Uh, yeah, they're coming in at 59th, so 60th in in shot quality, basically, and 24th on Ken Palm is is a pretty large disparity, right? Yeah. So you're getting you're getting like a bad price. You should like it's very hard for me hearing those numbers to go and ever bet on Auburn. It doesn't matter if they should win, if they're at home, if they should cover. It's just the line should probably be a point, two points shorter. Uh, in in most of those Auburn's cases. And and so, yeah, I'm definitely on the Auburn fade train. I think uh, with this upcoming game against West Virginia, this is probably a pretty good spot for it on Saturday. Uh, They're expected to lose by four. But again, West Virginia rated 21st um, you know shot quality is going to be a lot closer to agreeing with that with 26th so uh, we like the I guess the value that you're being sold on West Virginia and we think that you're being sold on, on a much better Auburn team that you're likely getting based on the shot quality so uh, it's look if you're interested in the shot quality process This is a good way to test that, right? Like, let's see, does West Virginia come out in body and make it look like the disparity is actually bigger than the line we're going to get? That's a way to know that, okay, uh, you know, it's supposed to be four, shot quality would then probably expect this to be. Because four is basically saying, especially in a Big Ten venue like this, um, you know, you you would almost expect that to be like these teams are even on a neutral court, right? That's kind of what Ken Palm thinks, 21st and 24th. He's basically going to say West Virginia and Auburn are even on neutral court and and slap a Big Ten team, West Virginia Mountaineers, four points home court advantage. And, and that's kind of what you're looking at. Three and a half, maybe. Um I I don't agree. I think West Virginia might be three points better on a neutral court. So that means I would say this line's probably a little closer to five or six.
0: I that's one of the ones I make it making a point of. Auburn thinks yeah. is thinking about the SEC. West Virginia is thinking about, you know, making up for some of those losses that they've already had this year and trying to get into uh, a better seed in the big dance, you know, so very great points there. Love it, man. Well, uh, any other things you want to fade before we get into or teams? You want to fade before we get into the games? Ooh,
2: any teams I want to fade? Ah, there's a lot. Um, I guess I'll one of the craziest ones right now for me. uh, I think would have. I just want to double check my numbers really fast. I think it's. Uh, yeah. Let me just make sure here. Uh, I think it's Hofstra. So Hofstra is sitting in the CAA, right? They are sitting atop the CAA. A um, hundred. Well, Charleston's there, of course, but right behind them in terms of efficiency is thirteen and eight Hofstra, six and two in the conference. I, I, the Colonials, a fascinating conference. I, I really do like this Charleston team, but shot quality rates this team at two hundred and thirty-six. It's a pretty big disparity um, has a lot of their wins as like actually smaller, right? So like this beatdown of Delaware, 86, 62 was actually expected to be 80 uh, to 77 beat down of Wilmington, 70 to 46 was expected 66, 54. So everything seems to be contracting in terms of that gap between them and the teams based on shots taken 20 point win over Monmouth was expected to be a four point win. And so, you know, they were expected to lose versus William Mary, lose versus Hampton. Like I don't think that you should be having like I you know, you could say what you want about shock quality, but if if uh, if these types of metrics are indicating that Hampton might be able to beat you at all it's probably worth a second thought. So this is a major fade spot for me. I would not be shocked to see them start getting a little cold. Um, we do see them shooting a bit better from three than expected. And, uh, you know, it, it might it might just get a little cool. They also have not faced um, some of the best teams in the conference by any means. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the shot making against is middle of the conference, and, and they've been kind of hitting everything. Um, so I I could see Hofstra cooling off. That's one I'm watching. I I feel like, you know, if you, if you like to sort of just like, okay, here's a team that's overperforming. Let me like close my eyes and fade them the rest of the season. Hofstra has a long way to fall. And so I would feel pretty secure, like just like, Going against Hofstra for the time being.
0: Well, they have a away game tonight against Elon.
2: Yeah. So, so I'm on Elon. I took ten and a half. So if you're sitting here listening live, I have the ten and a half tonight against them. I All think right. that is far too big. Well they have um, Charleston you know,
0: coming up too, and that's uh this weekend. So Yeah, they
2: might they might get humbled, and this is a good look ahead, right? Like this could be a spot where Hofster's really just preparing. They don't they probably just want this win um elon's at home where they have actually had some some closer results um you know the north dakota game was close at home uh they were expected to beat radford at home even though it didn't look pretty unc greensboro they kept close so i, I like the plus 10 and a half tonight if you can get it still um elon you know again we have them rated 292 and we have off 236 so that means that at elon this should be like three or four points Maybe. Um, and I'm just doing rough math here. So, yeah, I, I really like the Elon play. I All think right. we might end up seeing this really be a little tighter than people expect because Elon's hungry and this is still Hofstra. They're not like Hofstra, a top 100 program right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that sounds <laughs> to your ears, but <laughs> definitely that. makes me question things. And that's the prices you're getting, right? So if you don't believe Hofstra's a top 110 team, you should be going against them because you are being sold them as that efficient a team. And I I tend to think they're closer to that 170, 180 range, and they should regress back to what uh, the offense they're producing instead of the shots they're hitting.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Free play for the night. We'll check out uh, uh, Elon at plus 10 most scary picks plus 10 most of the books here you go it's not terrible yeah i still like 10 i still like 10 look i it's a i i've gotten
2: to this point in the season and and i don't know if you agree or not but sometimes it's the scariest picks Uh that like actually are the ones you gotta just be like all right like i know this feels wrong but that means everyone else is scared to put money on elon and that you know (sighs) you shouldn't be like these lines are pretty, are pretty good. And if you feel that way, you're probably feeling the way a lot of people are feeling. I don't know. That's just something I, I'm always willing to go and take that like team that everyone thinks is terrible. I think you gotta,
0: well, there you go. Uh, Great stuff. Let's move on to a couple games. Let's do a couple of piece. I'm going to go right into the big 12 sec challenge, Texas versus Tennessee. I'm saying Tennessee is going to be a seven point favorite here. Ken Palm's around eight. I think it's going to be around seven, six and a half. There's going to be some Texas money coming in. Trust me, the total is going to be around 138. Now, I don't disagree that the side could be a little bit problematic, but I'm definitely looking at the total here. I think this is a distraction for both of these teams. I think they're both trying to do it for their conference, and it's probably a little bit annoying for them. But, you know, these teams have shooting problems. Texas ranks 300 on shot quality at rim and three-rate Tennessee, Mm -hmm. 178th in that department themselves. It's kind of weird to see that stat when you're talking about Tennessee, right? Um, I mean, and Texas. That's just – that's low, you know. So these teams definitely have some issues on the offensive end. They can rebound the ball a little bit, but that's just going to kind of screw each other up a little bit itself. I think this goes under. And I I, I like the under a lot in this. If you look on the shot quality, they actually predict the score Uh, Texas 64 to 63. That's, I accidentally put Texas at home. Tennessee should be at home here. So, you know, adjust that about five and a half, six points. So, yeah, the shot quality is going to have Tennessee roughly uh six or seven points ahead i just noticed that looking at it but either way i'm looking at the total that's not going to affect the total um shot quality likes it at 127 the distraction defense will travel i like the under my friend i like that too what's
2: that what's that line gonna come in at do we have uh, an idea
0: according to ken palm i got
2: 136
0: it's gonna say 136 yes and yeah and i think that's uh that must have just adjusted Tuck. because it was a little higher, but I still I like this all the way down to 130, 129, and thirty, one hundred and twenty nine, and you'll easily get that number, especially if you get it early.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Shock quality definitely agrees with you there. Um, some other ones that'll be interesting. I'll, I can I can keep it in in this one uh, again. I mean, I I would tell you right. I know you're going to talk about. It, I'll wait for you to talk about West Virginia, but uh, Baylor Arkansas looks fascinating to me. Another really like high octane one. Baylor has been winning games again. Um, you know they kind of had a rough start here. They're five and three in the conference now. I think they might have started zero and three. So they're going against this Arkansas team. I don't know if I'm Baylor. I, I mean, again, the whole Big and twelve, the Big and twelve, the whole Big Twelve is six and two, five and three, right? And then Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, kind of out of it a little bit right now. Um, but Baylor probably doesn't necessarily feel like. Fifteen and five means that they're hundred percent getting in. They probably want this game. Uh, Arkansas, both these teams sitting like pretty, pretty good in in the top twenty-five in terms of efficiency ratings. I don't know. I, I definitely tend to lean Baylor here. I'm trying to. I'm. It's looking like it's looking like this is going to open up as a four-point Baylor line. It's probably a good line, honestly. Um, but again, maybe maybe a little bit of a play. On the total here, uh, maybe not. Yeah, no, I looked at this. Shot, I I, I, yeah. I looked at
0: this and the shot quality <laughs> said, and I was thinking over. I was thinking over. Shot quality yeah. didn't. I still lean to the over in that game, Justin. Um, I yeah, you know I started I writing that game up for today, and I was like, you know what, I'm not quite there either. I want to see if this thing TCU, Miss bit.
2: State, actually that's a wow yeah tcu mississippi state might be one of the most interesting games on the board actually that's yeah. fascinating that one expected to be uh maybe let's let's see that one's expected to be maybe a little bit faster than build i mean mississippi state is one of the teams that shot quality has as like massively underrated it, it's kind of tough to find a team and northwestern was another one but like mississippi state right like looking like a top 50 team shot quality says top 12 we have them in 12th the fifth best defense in the nation by shot quality so i'm all over mississippi state uh right now i took the points like i said for the 13 and a half against alabama this team is definitely looking to build their resume they probably don't feel like they're gonna go win the sec um you know it's it's looking because again they've lost a lot of games right they've lost five in a row Georgia, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama. But they've all been not that bad. Like, two, three points to Alabama, two points to Florida. Tennessee kind of got them by 11. Six to Auburn on the road, eight to Georgia. That's probably not a great loss. Um, but, you know, this is a game against TCU where I think they're going to bring it. Honestly, and, and they're at home here hosting TCU. One of, it's supposed to be one of the best defenses. This is going to be a, a big defensive battle. I, I Again, Mississippi State shooting 28% from three, 354th in the nation. It just can't keep up. It can't. <laughs> It just cannot. Fifty. There's 61% of the free throw line. TCU they're was one of the really ones are. I
0: almost picked. I almost yeah. picked TCU for the regression. You got it.
2: I, it's it's Mississippi State. They can't be. You you are just buying low here. And, and we bought low on Alabama. We'll keep having buy low. They're going to be expected to lose to TCU. I think that this Bulldogs team. Gets this win, TCU might be looking ahead more to the West Virginia game on Tuesday than they care for the Mississippi State game on Saturday. This is a, a game that Mississippi State probably feels a lot better about um, and, and cares more for. Uh, the Horn Frogs look great, right? Great win over Oklahoma, big win over Kansas, uh, but they they probably care right now about staying at five and three record in the Big in the Big Twelve more than Mississippi State, State cares about their one and seven. Uh, And they're going to come out to prove something a little bit. And then they're going to care about this game. So I like Mississippi State.
0: All right. Love it, man. That is great stuff. I'm going to come in with a hard one, a big, big prediction. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going to take the spread bigger than the money line. So just keep that in mind. But (laughs) I am going on to fade Gonzaga again. Wow. Yep. They are not the Gonzaga team that I remember, and they are playing Portland. And, you know, Portland, you have to remember that Portland also was a very injured team for a while. This is going to be all offense. There's not going to be a lot of defense. You're going to get Gonzaga plus 11, then plus 12, plus plus 13 for Portland. You know, this thing's going to keep going up. Don't rush to bet this. People are going to be seeing the 30 to 40. I think Gonzaga scored 115 on them. Uh, You know, earlier this year, they, you know, everything came together, Uh but this is Portland. They're a sneaky team. I really like their coach there. And uh, now that they have advantages all over the board, if you want to say on the shot quality, and I'll share my screen here. You can see their shot selections. Excellent. uh, Compared to. Uh, 243rd for defense on Gonzaga. Gonzaga's right. de- defense has not been where it's been. They're ranking in like in the 80s rather than in the top 20 where they've been. Um, shot making has been great for Portland. Uh, not so much on defense for Gonzaga. They're okay with letting you make the shot so they can go back on offense. And if they're cold, like you've seen against Santa Clara, like you've seen against Loyola Marymount. You know, Portland's a little bit of a buy-on team. I, could, I saw that line movement for tonight against Loyola Marymount. I got to it a little too late, so I didn't take it. I'm kind of hoping they get beat bad by Loyola Marymount, and that way mm-hmm. I could rendezvous. I don't. <laughs> oh, say so, okay, sir, you're on them, too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got the six and a half. I got <laughs> yeah. the six and a half, so I really hope you're wrong. But, yeah, look, I think I, –
2: I'll just, I, I look, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, Portland is another one of these teams that is, is looking worse than they actually are, and Gonzaga – I mean, look, sitting at they're still revered as a top 20 team. I don't know if it's just because like, you know, when they are on, they are so efficient that they can like tip the scale and, and maybe even blind people to some of those bad games. But on average, in terms of, you know, the distribution of results that you're likely going to get here from this team, they are not playing like a top 20 team. Now, are they playing like a top 30 team? Yeah, probably. Is there a pretty big drop off though between top thirty and top twenty right now? Yeah, so you know, I and then Portland. I mean, again, you're going to be sold Portland at the price of like a a one fifty. And I think Portland has played like a top 100 this season. So, I'm on Portland. I'm definitely with you. I like them tonight. I'm going to like them. Unless, again, the only way I'm not taking them against Gonzaga is if Gonzaga has a terrible, terrible result in the meantime and Portland absolutely destroys. And all of a sudden, all that you know efficiency is calculated and my edge is gone. So, yeah, I like Portland.
0: Yeah, you know, sure. they didn't have their best player, Moses Wood, against St. Mary's, against Loyola, yeah. Marymount, and against BYU. So, you know, Mm. you have to factor that in. They looked bad against some of the big teams. Now, of course, Gonzaga played their best game against them. I think they're coming back. They're going to get some home revenge here. You know, this is just a great spot. And plus, they're 20th in three-point percentage, you know. 20th and i think that's just absolutely fantastic man i like betting on pretty good coaches that are kind of low-key shantae lagans is definitely one of those guys so there you go let's take uh, portland for the weekend time for one more real quick justin what do you have for the weekend
2: Oh, man, I'll stay here with this Big 12 uh, matchup here with the SEC. I just think it's so much fun uh, to, to maybe add a, that little extra bit in there because you do get, I guess, that extra, like, oh, do they care type of uh, handicap. And I think that does give you an interesting uh, way to look at the game. Um, I, I'll take a peek at this fascinating Florida versus Kansas State game. I mean, Kansas State, man. What a story. Everyone's really enjoying this team. And I think that obviously opens up a hole uh, to go against them. But, you know, it, it's tough, right? It's like betting on the most popular teams is, is never going to be easy. Uh, but Florida sitting here at like 41 in the rankings. Like, again, uh, I would probably look for this game for, for both of these teams probably to actually play a little bit to the under. Uh, just because I do think they're going to come out and maybe care about it a little bit. Florida 5-3, and three, not exactly the best resume right now. Uh, Kansas State coming off a loss to Iowa State. They probably want to get right. They're at home. Uh, they have the home fans. Florida's like a, a big basketball school, right? So it's going to be rocking in Manhattan. Uh, I think 4.5, 5, if you can still get it, or I don't know what it's going to open at. It should open around there. Probably, probably pretty fair, but I, I think Kansas State finds like that magic at home and gets it done. I mean, they've shown time and time again that they they will get it done at home. They've played some good opponents, uh, and and I just think that this one could be a battle to the last minute, have foul shots. Uh, yeah, I think if it's a lot nicer under five, uh, so I'd be looking
0: for four and a half if you can get it. But I lean, I lean uh, Kansas State here. All right. Well, there you go. Let's see where the number is. And the only thing I'm going to say about Kentucky, Kansas, who you pick, if if I had to pick the coach, I'm picking Bill, I'm picking Self over Calipari. I know the teams rallied around all the media just destroying them over the past, but yeah. I, I'm picking Bill Self here and um i don't know if you're going to get any points this game i'm not even 100 percent sure i'm gonna bet it but kansas is in a massive spot uh losing three in a row while kentucky won four in a row so it's just the spot for them to kind of go right. out back and prove something so just keep that in mind justin where could our listeners and viewers get your great information hey, yeah
2: sure my pleasure my pleasure well first of all thank you for having me on the show always a great time to come and hang out chat a little hoops chop it up Uh, if you're interested in the shock quality method of sort of attacking the expected metrics instead of the you know the results and the what happened versus you know we like to call it the eye test uh, metrics that describe the eye test you can find it, at shock quality bets on Twitter. Uh, it's all one word. You can go to shockqualitybets.com. Take a look around the website. We offer access to our projection model that is up over 130 units this season. Uh, high volume, but you know, definitely you know, worth it. Above a four percent ROI as well. So pretty solid resource to check your games against, see if it agrees with you, you know, it uses a tool to navigate college basketball, uh, proven a lot of success. And then of course we have premium access to our data and tools. And if you're interested in that, you want to learn a little bit more about that, hit me up on Twitter. Happy to show you around what we've built. Uh, we're trying to build like the next generation of analytical tools. My handle is Justin Perry, P E R R I. And then the number eight. So again, Thank you so much to
0: the Oddsbreakers for having me on. I can't wait to come back. Thank you, Justin, and you will be back very soon. You've been crushing it this year. Really appreciate all your insights. Always a blast talking to you, my man. Thanks, man. You too. You too. Good to see you. Now it is time for The Sharp Side of the Force. The Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by Betfredsports.com. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit Betfredsports. Use the promo code odds 23 they're also giving away a plus 300 for anybody that likes the bengals to win the super bowl that's higher than any other books are offering all right well looking at the sharp sides there's a little sharp money that boosted the eagles minus one and a half to minus two and a half that was gone in seconds 69 percent of the bets 92 percent of the money but to be honest with you there's not a lot of bets yet on these sides there's going to be more and more later Money wise, anyway, when the limits start raising here, and the Bengals versus the Chiefs kind of been dancing around the whole time. I mean, everything's pretty close. Uh, it looks like there's a little bit more money based on the Chiefs total with the bets 31% of the bets on the Chiefs, but 44% of the money, 56% of the money's on the Bengals, but 69% of the bets. Uh, There's a little bit of disagreement back and forth. We'll, We'll see if there's a real position a little bit later looking at the total though it looks like the eagles niners a little bit towards the under 47 down to 46.5 48 of the bets tickets and 60 percent of the money uh looks like you have a little sharp action on the total of the bengals versus chiefs under Forty eight ish. It's around forty seven ish right now. Thirty one percent of the bets, fifty nine percent of the money, and that was based on the Mahomes injury. I wonder if that changes as he is full participant right now and practicing. I think that's really interesting. So, my friends, I don't have a teaser for you this week. It's just uh, two games here. I'm not going to make any
1: uh,
0: rash decisions on a bunch of high variance situations. I think it's very high variance that the Niners are finally playing a very good team. With a backup quarterback and even higher variance with Patrick Mahomes. If he's great, he's great. You know, if he's bad, he's bad. I think that throws away a lot of the prop bets that I could bet on this Chiefs Bengals game as well. Um, So you know, right now, nothing, nothing more than the side and the total uh, that I like with the Bengals. So we're going to stick with the Bengals plus the one and a half and obviously over forty seven. I definitely like. Uh, from earlier so thank you very much for listening to this show if you have any questions feel free to tweet us at the oddsbreakers shoot us a message for the podcast at info at thank you so much once again enjoy the weekend enjoy all the games and go get some win